As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's do it. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is Jason on The Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs like the most in his braggadocio, I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing him. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he yes. had their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in I just can't get with this idea of taking one hour of content and finding the morsel that might pop and blowing out of Hoops adjacent. Welcome to Hoop 5, 4, we have ignition. Stay mellow, my friends. The comma is... We have left off. We have left off. We have I am now. <laughs> All right. All right. It is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. Marcus Thompson violating several of uh, the speed laws in the Bay is back at home in Oakland. What's up, Ben? Whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't violating anything. It's perfectly fine to go 95 on the Bay Bridge. What do you mean? There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, in this new era where there are no rules and you just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> in, in the words, in the words okay. of the legendary philosopher... <laughs> Tupac Shakur. I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. And Sarah said, <laughs> I need a, we, can we go early? I was like, all right, let's go. And I, t- I accepted the challenge of getting across yes, the Bay Bridge. Did. But threw down the gauntlet. I love it. I didn't realize two of three of us on this podcast were actually <laughs> on West Coast time. So I was, I was trying to accommodate because I am so excited to be on the podcast. I was that, that excited. I was trying to hustle in and get in early. I had was I known, also excited. Had I known that, had I, had I put two I and two together. So much. <laughs> the voice you hear is our friend, <laughs> our, our longtime pal, Sarah Kustak from the Yes Network, does a great job with the Nets all the way across the country. She is not outside in San Diego as most people would be right now. She's doing this podcast. What a sacrifice. Thank you for what being a sacrifice. Here, Thank you. I know. There is no place I would rather <laughs> we, be. We need to talk about that you. then. No like, place why, I'd rather why? be. <laughs> so we, we realized Sarah covers the Nets. Mm-hmm. I'm here in D.C., you know, kind of leaning into the Wizards a little bit. Marcus, of course, is covering the Warriors. We're at like 
This is like I want you to get mad. central right now with <laughs> all, the, with all of the uh, madness going on with the, uh, I don't want to say conspiratorial, but, you know, the decisions that some of the players are making with regard to vaccines and things and not being vaccinated. Um, it is quite a time to be uh, at the top of the NBA season for the three of us and for the league in general. But sit- you know what hit me, DA? Yeah. Like, this is going to impact the season. No like, question. This is going to impact the season. No question. That's crazy when you think about no it. No question. I mean, we're two years into this thing, and this is still front and center. You know, and, and the union, Michelle Roberts, put out a statement on Tuesday, and I get, and I, I, I respect this. Her point is that, hey, 90% of the players in the league are vaccinated. And then maybe that should be the story instead of the 10% who are not. And that's a fair criticism, I think. Um, but it just so happens that three of the 10%, three players who are among the 10% of non-vaccinated players, or at least we suspect strongly that they are not vaccinated players, happen to be three pretty high-profile guys. It's Kyrie Irving, obviously, with the Nets, and Bradley Beal with the Wizards, and, and Andrew Wiggins with with Golden State. So, Sarah, I mean, look, I don't want to spend the whole hour talking about this because this, you know, you kind of go down a rabbit hole here. But I just can't imagine this is how the Nets want to start training camp, right? I mean, they, they have such high expectations. I've never seen a, a, a team that won the championship be so forgotten, essentially, as the Bucks were because everybody assumes Brooklyn's just too loaded to be able to not be beaten. I mean, nobody thinks that they can be beat. So... I, but how how are they dealing with it? I know you just got there, but, you know, what do you hear? What, do, what are people talking about? Yeah, I, I mean, I will say this. I know this has been a, of course, big topic of discussion for all of us since Media Day came from Media Day in New York at Barclays yesterday, of which yeah. Kyrie Irving did his uh, media session on Zoom. Um, so up until then, the understanding that was that he was going to be uh, present at Media Day. So I think for all of us throughout the course of the last, however long it's been, we've been talking about it quite a bit. If you talk to the players, if you talk to those within the organization, um, they maintain a steady focus on they're here. They're in San Diego. Kyrie Irving was to practice, yeah. full practice, everything. Today, he has okay. the support of his teammates. They understand he's his own man and uh, support his decisions. There continues to be a expressed confidence that when the season starts, that he will be able to be within the regulations to participate and however you want to, you know, slice that up and, and how that looks. I'm not certain. I'm not privy to the kind of information um, that anyone has. But to this point, there seems to be a acknowledgement of it going forward, understanding that in the belief that, you know, the, the things will yeah. proceed as they do. And so I don't, I don't know what that looks like. And um, but I will say in terms of just their practice, what they're getting in, what they're putting in, Kyrie participating, th- that has been to the point of him being around, him being there, him being with his teammates. And as he spoke yesterday, he said, you know, I he talked about keeping it private, but he said, I, I want to address this with him, his teammates. And so my thought is whatever communication is happening, it's happening within the team, within the locker room. And, you know, what we don't know is all a part of what we don't know. It's not a part of what the team does not know and understand. You know, what's interesting about that to me um, is the kind of, it almost feels like these teams were blindsided. Yeah. And 
And look, I, I do think, Sarah, we kind of have to allow for the fact that this is a curveball delivered by the municipalities, right? This isn't an NBA matter. This is a major thing where San Francisco and New York are saying you can't play in our city. So that's that's a that's quite a curveball to throw, right? If you're Kyrie, if you're Andrew Wiggins. Like this is major ramifications if you're Jonathan Isaacs. Well, Marcus, I'm curious your thought, and and I should have deeper dove into this before um, before us talking about it. But my understanding as well of the municipality of what's happening with, with California and with New York or San Francisco and New York City um, that visiting players oh, to play. yes can yes. still play on and so. Um, and I don't know how much that has been talked about or discussed, but but to me that that is a sticking point of um, just in my perspective. I'm not saying, but it, the the discrepancy between someone living in New York or living in San Francisco and those who are coming in, so visiting players would the, still be able. The to irony play. of that, right? So uh, let's just say Andrew Wiggins like is not going to play. Warriors say, you know what? We don't want you for just 41 games. They could trade him, and he could come back to play right. in the chase center where, right. he could, where he couldn't play yes. when he was right. indoors, which is odd. And the, the logic behind yeah. that is you, you have more control over a visiting player, right? Yes. You can say, you're coming in for a day or right. two. Airport to hotel we can actually to monitor to you. Yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. somebody you're living there, you can't really control it that way. But we've we've the, the interesting part is we've kind of known this was coming, especially in these two markets. So I wonder if, you know, both sides are saying – this is going to get worked out. And we kind of all know, like, it's going to be a tough thing for either player to look at their team and say, yo, I'm out for half a season. Yes. I'm going to leave you guys hanging. So we kind of know it's going to get worked out. I'm just curious, why isn't it already? Like, we, <laughs> we knew this was coming. Right. <laughs> it just feels like, it just feels weird that this hasn't already been taken care of. And you know, sometimes it's hard to deal with this stuff until you get together as a team. But this feels so big. I'm just surprised they didn't have it worked out already. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I don't know. Um, you know, Kyrie has continued to say he wants to keep it private as he does with many things and that you respect. Um, I, I don't know how much comes down to expectation of vaccination happening, expectation of, uh, the health and safety protocols changing, whether it's the, with the league and, um, and, and I have no, you know, I have no, again, insider thoughts on that, but just the, with the, oh, we believe that our players will be in accordance with um, whatever stipulations and, and it will be met. I don't know what lane it falls in that there was this anticipation mm-hmm. and expectation that yeah. that would be I think, happening. And I, Marcus, I think with, you know, especially with Kyrie, maybe to an extent with Andrew, I mean, I think they're also, they were not going to voluntarily do anything. This is my opinion. I don't think they were going to voluntarily <laughs> agree to anything. They were waiting for the Hail Mary. <laughs> you know, like. so, so that was going to, that nothing was going to happen until they got to camp and could look their teammates and management and coaches in the eye. Um, it sounded like Kerr was not happy at all with <laughs> what was going on yesterday. Um, so you think, you would think, and I've heard this with Bill that I think, there's there's people talking to Bill, I think, saying, hey, come on, come on. 
come on, you got to do this, you know? And so I think when, when the peer group and especially the team teammates um, are there and he's there, I think that maybe things will start to change a little bit. Cause I can tell you, I think, there is a hope um, amongst the players that that 90% goes up by a couple more points before the start of the season. You know, somewhere around 93 is is kind of what I'm hearing. You, you know what's going to be interesting? And, Sarah, you, you'll, be, you'll have a front row seat to this. I, presuming everybody, they're right, right? And this will get worked out. Uh, ima- imagine the, the meaning it's going to have to the teammates that a guy who didn't want to do this, he said, like, everybody knows I don't want to do this, but we're about to play for a championship, so I'm going to do it, right? That, that That's a pretty endearing gesture to your team, right? I know if, Wigg- if Wiggins decides to do it, and it's, it's going to be like, everybody knows you did't want to do this, man. But, you know, that it, there's a potential there for there to be a greater good, don't you think? I think so. I think so. Absolutely. But, um yeah, I mean, I think it, it's all like all of this to me is just so tricky when you look at it and just uh, across the board, just how many different thoughts, opinions, feelings and how it transcends, not just, you know, you're thinking about the medical aspect of it, but many have talked about the moral aspect. I mean, it, it's everyone has a different lens and a different view and perspective on it. And for some, it's, you know, you yeah, the, uh, do it, trust scientists, trust medicine, want to make sure to stay healthy, keep myself and my loved ones healthy. And um, those who have different thoughts, it's not that easy of a decision. And I think, you know, in some regards, that's, you know, what it's coming down to now, a lot of things that people want to remain private. It's a, it's a public matter, especially for something like this, when it's not just about, it's not just necessarily about medicine and health as you, it it is about your job. It is about being available. It is about being there for your team, your teammates on the floor. So it's, it's very layered and it's very complicated, especially at this point with, with the time ticking down to when the season's going to start. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, with your team, Sarah, the, you know, I'm trying to think of ways they're not going to, you know, like win 68 games. And I can't really think of any um, other than injuries again um, going forward. How do you think that? I mean, I just, I loved the Patty Mills signing. I thought that was like one of the best three signings in the summer of any team um, or acquisition of any team. Because I just think the blend is so good with what, Steve Nash wants to incorporate what's already there. I think the there. Warriors agree with you. Right? <laughs> you know, what's, what's, what was already there and, and what, what Patty brings to the table. Um, you know, I, I, in some ways, I actually think, I'm not actually sure how much LaMarcus can help them. I mean, I know they think he can help them. I think, you know, to me, it's like, well, there's only so many minutes that you have available. You know what I mean? So between, and, and K, KD's going to play some four and some five during the season. You know what I mean? It's not going to be at the three all season. So I just wonder, but... Hey, look, he's he's healthy. He's a vet. He he's a smart guy. He can help them spread the floor. But you got Blake too. What did you think of their off season and what they did? I love their off season, and I know I've talked to a lot of people, and I 
call their games. So it, it may sound like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but um, there were, so you name, you name a couple of them there, but Patty Mills, first and foremost, I, to, to understand what he could do in regards to some things and some areas that the Nets may have been lacking a little last year. Um, you, uh, you talk about being in DC, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, there were so right. many injuries and things that occurred throughout the course of the season that I think Spencer's injury happened so early that by the time you get to, you know, February, whatever it was that we didn't even talk about that because the team was so yeah. accustomed to be without him and knowing that he wouldn't be back, but that lead, ball handler that could come, whether you're playing alongside Kyrie, playing alongside James uh, on the ball, off the ball, Patty's mm-hmm. ability to shoot what he brings on the defensive end. And that, that, you know, I think that probably pales in comparison to what he's going to do when you bring up the veteran presence in the locker room and just helping, you know, th- the personality fit of him and Nash and uh, all the rest of the guys. I mean, he, he has already just resonated in such a way in the short time that he's, he's been here in Brooklyn as the seasons, you know, training camp is just getting started but for those reasons I just think he allows such a a cushion um to to do so many things with a lineup that's versatile I think Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown I think were two guys I I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to bring him back so you get those two guys back Blake we sat down with him yesterday but he just talked about the fact that it had been so long since he had a off season that he wasn't just rehabbing that he was actually healthy able to take care of his body get ready uh, and he was really an important part. I mean, given all the injuries, I would say in the in the postseason, um, you know, when Kyrie was out and James was on one leg, Blake was Blake was probably the second best yeah. player in that series uh, against Milwaukee. But just his understanding of fit, and I think the nuance of him knowing what the team needed and how to fill different roles, and and to be he impressed me in that way with his savviness and, and obviously his basketball feel and sense to go along with maybe an expectation that he may be a little bit fresher and healthier this year. Uh, Bruce Brown, same thing, but I think Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, the, the area of the front court where there were some questions about depth last year and in D I know you bring up minutes and having minutes. Th- this is something that I think everyone, mm-hmm. you know, always talks about this team's do with the early part of the season. And then you kind of feel without as the year goes on but there is such a consistent message and thought of all these guys they are veterans they do have experience some have titles but they're here to win a championship like they 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 understood when they came here they decided to come here um many come in as free agents that they knew that there may be limited roles or there may be Times are in and out of the rotation, in and out of the lineup. There's going to be a lot of – it was really fluid last year with the starting lineup. Some due to injury, but some, I think, Steve and the coaching staff, that's kind of how they wanted to go with it. And I, yeah, I think you're going to right. see some similarities with that this season, uh, just the, the versatility and the flexibility to, to figure out how mm-hmm. you want to match up, how you want to play. You can big, you play big, play small, play fast. Uh, you can space yeah. the floor a ton. So I, I think for all of those reasons, just some of those add-ins, I, and not to mention, of course, KB signing that, uh, that, that extension yeah. is it, you know, just, but, but just adding, adding a little bit of, of foundation to kind of how the organization, how everyone's moving forward. But, but I did, I, I really liked it. I really like, and even, you know, it, who knows how they'll fit in, but a Javon Carter and just, you need some more yeah. defensive minded guys. So you have someone that you can plug and play there. Um, James Johnson, again, towards the tail end of it, but a vet who sat down and, and he said, yeah, I, I just want to win and I'm going to do what I can to kind of fit in where needed. So 
So we'll see how it all all meshes and fits together. But I think overall, when you take a step back and look at the group you had last year, the group you have this year, the hopes that everyone will be healthy. I think it's uh, there's a, a lot to be optimistic about. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm definitely a Javon Carter stand. <laughs> I'm a big Javon Carter stand. Uh, to me, yeah. what was smart, what was smart about uh, what Sean Marks did is like the, the Nets are so much more prepared for what went wrong in 20 in last year, right? Like, I mean, obviously shaving an inch off Kevin Durant's foot was impossible, right? <laughs> so the the next best answer is to make sure your resources aren't so depleted, right? And I, I think that's especially important because Kevin Durant has played a lot of basketball for a guy coming off an Achilles, right? And it's smart to buffer. It's smart to buffer that, right? And you, you obviously know James. Ideally, James Hart and Kyrie Irving are healthy. They could take some of that load off, but just in case, <laughs> Patty Mills could take some of it yeah. off, right? Like, like that. To me, that was that was really smart to to prepare for Kevin Durant to be able to save him from some of that uh, because he he's he's not young anymore, but he's played a lot of basketball coming off that Achilles. Yeah, and even but but I think um even Marcus like last season there was so many I mean I think Kevin ended up playing in the regular season and I know it was a little short but like 35 yeah, I mean he really only played like half half the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. games because he had two bouts oh, of right. the, yeah, the health right. and safety that's protocols. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um dealt with the, had the hamstring, hamstring like half the season right so yeah. I want to bet the hamstring like, yeah so there was like that's where I think the with that group and James Harden was that's where I think James Harden too there was so much um or maybe not so but there yeah. was a lot of MVP talk about the guys he was playing with because when Kyrie was that's in and right. out when yeah, Kevin yeah. was in and out James was the orchestrator of that but the Nets were still winning so a lot of that was overlooked a little bit but to your point i think just that understanding of it, you need to you need to have depth and you need to have guys that you know and who knows how in, in da back year it's hard not to think about them winning you know <laughs> however 65 plus and and who knows but i do think if you have a team going in that their their focus is on a championship and make no bones about it ever they are not yeah. shy about saying that how you go through the regular season in terms of making sure that everyone is peaking healthy ready towards the tail end of the season um it, it gives you it gives you that type of flexibility through the year with players who still are, are coming in and giving you productive minutes and yeah. showing different looks um that can allow you to to still continue to get wins and do what you want to do um but maybe not marcus to your point of, of putting such a heavy load on some of those guys who you know are going to carry you maybe i just season. felt for katie at the end of the final at the end of the uh, eastern finals right like he just looks uh, <laughs> you all of us all of us. he said the most he said the interesting thing uh, though yesterday at media day when letterman wasn't ruining it with stupid questions but that's another, <laughs> another topic um but what he, he said you know because people were like well you know if you're took your foot back of, of a millimeter, you would have been, and he was like, you know, we lost in the second round. <laughs> we still, even if we had won, and he said, I had played every minute, three straight games. I didn't, basically didn't have anything left. Every minute, know? like, it was yeah. nothing. Yeah. That's every such a great minute, point. Like, I forgot, I just presumed doing. that was the Eastern no. Conference Finals. I forgot all about this. <laughs> right. I know. That's hilarious. How yeah. crazy is that, yeah. though? I mean, I, 
but he did but he poured i mean playing every minute and what in two even what he was doing on the defensive end to go along with it i mean he was he was a bucket every trip up the floor offensively but i mean he just he was he was beyond special it was it was really really special I'm I'm curious what you think of Steve Nash going into year two, because I actually thought he did a really good job last year with all the injuries. I mean, kind of taking some of not I mean, not that his job is to take heat off of, of various guys during the year, but I just thought he was very good about kind of putting a buffer between the some of the tougher moments last year and the players and not you know, kind of having them be inundated and kind of overwhelmed by it. And and some of that is because he's Steve Nash and he has gravitas. And when he speaks, you know, reporters like us listen, tend to listen and, and give the benefit of the doubt. I just wonder, like, you know, in your conversations with him, what what you saw of him last year and, and kind of going into his second year as coach, you know, what what does he do better having a year under his belt? Or what's, you know, what will be easier for him, I guess, with a year under his belt? I'm interested for you to ask him how he thinks this year will be easy. <laughs> He'll probably laugh at you say nothing's easy. Um, but I, I'll ask, I'll ask what I say. <laughs> I ain't asking that. I'm not using the word right, easy right, right, with right, coaching. Because right. uh, I know it's not. No, no, no. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, I, I think what impressed me so I think it impressed a lot of people early on in this probably shouldn't have come with a surprise of, of just who Steve Nash is, not just who he was as a player, but who he is as a person and um, just how well he connected with Mm -hmm. all the players top to bottom. So there's so much emphasis for coaches and stars and and how you're able uh, to really understand uh, working with them, but, but everyone, um, everyone in the rotation and, and, Dia, you mentioned it, but just all the injuries that occurred, I think a lot of that in, in many cases, if you weren't watching game in, game out, uh, that you may have not realized just how much the lineup mm-hmm. had changed, changed, how many different starting lineups they had to use. Um, and the, I mean, to think about your first year as a head coach dealing with the pandemic and the shortened off season and no real training camp. And then, in, and I know every coach talked about, it, you guys probably heard it heard it from everyone last year they, yeah, they didn't really yeah. have practices so even the things that you see you want to implement you know what you're doing schematically just the the challenges that went along with that and so i i think just how he he handled himself the team um the various external things going on any anything that uh some of the bumps that i think oftentimes so many of us or many in the media would talk about he, he just did it um, with such an ease and such a grace and with the media there's a reason why we, we really appreciate him because I think he was very honest at times and he was insightful um, but he also did a good job of protecting the team and doing so in a way that I think was respectful of the jobs that we did but um, you saw him grow I think just even watching things through the course of the beginning mm-hmm. of the year through the end of the year whether it was timeout calls, usage of timeouts, how he was approaching, you know, play calling, you name, I, there was there was things X's and O's wise. I think you saw, um, you know, clock time score management stuff that happened um, just with coaching mm-hmm. and in game coaching that you saw improve. And I would imagine again, this is is questions for him, but now having a full off season 
now having a chance of the preseason, now having experienced all of that, um, the idea that there will always be, as, as we're living through right now, um, yeah. different things going on that are not necessarily what's happening on the basketball court. I think Steve does such a great job of keeping such an even keel and, and a composure of, of handling all the other stuff. I'm really excited to see the, yeah. the in-game stuff and just watching him and continue. You know, he, he's, he's brilliant when it comes to the game of basketball. So how that translates and is all things. I mean, you hear this from players in all times, but I think you can, this translates to other professions. I'm just, the, the more you're in it, the more experience you yeah. have, it slows down. So if the game slows down for you, um, how that's able to help you succeed even more as a head coach and um, just new coaching staff. He's got some, he had a brilliant coaching staff to, to help him out last year, but you know, you may Udoka going to, to Boston and Mike didn't lose Mike Dantoni, but the different different guys, uh, Steve Clifford coming in, David Vanterpool, you got some of the same um, same names that have been around and been really, really great for this Nets organization. So I, I just think, too, collaborating with coaching staff, some of the new pieces, I, I'm interested in what I'm most interested to watch because I thought he did um, such a great job with, with all the other stuff is continuing to watch him, yeah. you know, flourish in that, in that in-game role. Cause I think we, re- we really saw that um, continue to grow, continue to improve throughout the course of the season. Yeah. Those, those Steve Nash types, they love the 14th to 15th guy, the, the point guard in them, right? You have no, no guy left behind. I'm thinking about all those guys. Marcus, you know it, you know it. They needed them. They needed them. I mean, that's, they needed Mike James right. in the playoffs right. that was coming from, where was he coming from, from overseas. So you got to make sure everyone, everyone feels, uh, and he talked about it, like everyone understands their role. Um, that's the one thing I will say about the team last year, and I'm really interested this year, and that goes back to the minutes thing. So that everyone had such a clear, clear yeah. understanding of the role. There was such clear communication, um, and everyone felt a sense of value. And I don't think that's always an easy thing to do. Um, as a coach, as, as players and teammates. And that was a big reason to me that there was a, a really great connection in chemistry. So how do you try and replicate that or improve that even more with so many new pieces? How, how do you envision uh, James Harden handling like both the leadership role of, amongst so many veterans uh, and also this kind of, it's not really new to his overall arc of career, but him being like, where Kyrie's like, yo, you're the point guard. We're going to run the show and the, the the championship expectation is there like it was with Houston. Just what, what do you see from Harden? What do you want to see from him this year? Like, because it feels like he's going to be the key to, to any success. Man, Marcus, I know I sound <laughs> like I'm just like chanting Brooklyn. Um, but James, James was a player to me. I've always been obviously impressed with his skill set and is his abilities. Um, and watching him through the times of calling games for the Nets against Houston, but even otherwise just watching him. Um, he blew me away. He blew me away last year. And it was on so many levels because of his, his understanding and feel for the game um, and his brilliance in, in how to make sure that he was elevating the level of play of everyone around him. And um, I, I knew, I, I knew he had a high basketball IQ. I knew he was his skill set, um, his passing ability, his, his understanding of how to manage the game, orchestrate things. Uh, 
knowing when to get guys, you know, someone's hot, make sure keep feeding them. Someone hasn't touched the ball, get them the ball when he needs to get his, when he needs to, you know, make sure that Kevin or Kyrie's getting it. Um, he really, he was the one who came in and anchored that second unit. Anytime the, you know, the big three, Kevin, Kyrie, and James, which was a very limited time, but we're on the floor. He was the guy who come out early, come back and, what he did for guys like Bruce Brown or Nicholas Claxton or finding Joe Harris to get shots, just all, all the things that you, um, you need and someone to run and organize a team. He had that. And the Nash has said this, Sean Marks has said this, others, uh, the leadership aspect that I didn't, I didn't realize that. And he, his communication with everyone constantly, whether he was on the floor, off the floor. Um, I, I think that is something that he embraced, he relished in. And even with all these other veterans, like to me, that that's something that he is the driving force behind this. And, you know, Kevin's got a chip. Kyrie's got a chip. LaMarcus has got a chip. Patty's got a chip. You go through all these players uh, of the stacked resume that James Harden has. That's, that's a piece that's missing. And, and you could tell that he is um, – He's obviously very motivated, but I think he's he's embraced that in a way. We sat down with him at media day, and he talked about how he um, and forgive me because I forget he it was uh, I want to say a guy he worked out with, but but a friend of his, um, and he said they talked about different leadership skills and going through what it takes um, to to look at leadership skills of how to connect with guys and that you can't talk to every teammate and every player the same. You can't necessarily go through things in the same way to get the most out of it. But, but it is, to me, it's a study. Like that's part of a study. It's part of it. I'm not just going to be how I am and you need to come along with me. It is a concerted effort to figure out, okay, what can I do to be a leader on this team? And to me, that's something that I didn't necessarily, I'll, I'll say, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and that, jumped off the page to me every, every time we were watching the game or uh, calling a game or watching him. And especially this year, just different things. And, and so that's what I'm, I'm most interested to see how much carryover there is with that. And just the, he, he owned up to, you know, the, the split with Houston and leaving there and taking care of his body and, and all these things. And he said, he spent the whole off season just working on his body, making sure um, that he was in the best shape, best position, uh, as possible getting ready for this year. And so with, with everything that occurred last year, I'm just really interested to see with the off season, you know, with the preseason, with being settled in with this group, uh, what that looks like. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator 
and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash NBA show 23. That's linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 and get started. Sarah, you mentioned Joe Harris and, and, you know, it's one of the great things about the playoffs and it's one of the awful things about the playoffs is that, you know, role, people tend to get too much praise and too much blame, frankly, um, depending on whether they make or miss shots. It's just different in the playoffs. It's just such a different atmosphere. The pressure's different. Everything's different. And I, went, I thought, you know, I was like, oh, God, Joe Harris had a terrible postseason last year. He shot 40% on threes. Oh, God. Like, it's not like he shot 12. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he didn't. 40% for him is 12. I'm I sorry. know. I know. He's you're a- right. You're right. I get what you're saying because he shot 50, he shot 58 on threes the year before in the playoffs. I get it. I get it. But you know what well, I mean? Like, it's he was not good. I'm not saying he was good, but he wasn't like historically bad. You know what I'm saying? I just wonder how, how he's dealing with that. I think he is fine. Um, I really do. It surprised me. The postseason surprised me in this sense because to me, Joe Harrison, having watched him for five, six years, however long he's been with Brooklyn, one of the longest tenured, I think he may actually be the longest tenured now. Yeah, He, to me, is one of the most mentally tough, strong, like chip on his shoulder, nothing bothers him, wants the pressure, wants the ball, misses a shot, wants it back. So I, I don't see him as someone in any way is that the pressure of playing with great players, the pressure of championship expectations um, would, would impact or affect him. And I agree. So I, I agree with what you're saying that the numbers can be skewed when you have an expectation that someone's going to shoot 50% from three and it doesn't. Uh, what I will say though, is it, especially in the Milwaukee series, uh, I think he shot playoffs. He was at about 40%. Yeah. In the Milwaukee series, he was at 33%. Yeah, it was, And that it was, was yeah. and, and that like for someone who is a sniper and knockdown mm-hmm. shooter and that was getting sniper, fair, sniper. And, <laughs> and getting, and, and I am the biggest show. Harris fan on the planet. I think he is going to to blister blister the Nets, um, the actual Nets, not the Nets uh, this this season. Um, but I think it, breaking I know, breaking. Know, She's got Joe Terry. No, no. uh, but I I just I think so highly of him, and I go back to that. I don't think that's going to affect him at all. But I think it was the the clean looks like Joe Harris yeah. too is a sniper when he's got like. He doesn't a, miss those. He doesn't so miss he, those. So when he's got, so it was the the open looks and it was time. I think you could specifically in, in my brain is my brain is in, in preseason form. Um, there was a variety in some critical moments and games and swings of clean looks that he didn't yeah. knock down. And I think often whether it's those watching fans or um, it's the feel of, Oh, that, that shot would have swung. That one from the left wing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. He 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 makes that 99 out of a hundred times. Yeah. Out of a hundred times. And that's the thing. So I think, you know, it's so often as we know, numbers can be deceiving, or you, you look at you look at stats and, and there's a more yeah. story to the numbers. And I think when it came to the postseason, there is that feel because it's man, like those those are mm-hmm. layup looks for Joe, or those 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 were such a timely shot that Joe is someone who hits those timely shots, um, time score all that stuff. So I think that adds to it. However, uh, I I am not someone that I'm not concerned about Joe. 
I don't think Joe's thinking about. I mean, I think he's yeah. mad because he's mad at himself because he believes it. But I don't think it's a a circumstance where it's going to be in his head. I do think, though, as we always know with all things, uh, until you do it, he could he could shoot right, 70% right, right, right. for three this season. And it's still going to be until it you get to the matter, postseason. Yeah, right. In his uh, mind, though, yeah. right? He's so, thinking that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a competitor. I mean, he... So, yeah. So, I, I do think um, it's something I'm sure that... Yeah, he even talked about being a media day. He said that was the first time he was back in the locker mm. room at Barclays uh, since they lost to Milwaukee. And he said, it sat there. He it really hit... He said, it hit me. And it was... Um, you know, it, it was it was a feeling for him. So I do think it's something that throughout the course of this season, um, you know, I, I'm sure he'll have it in the back of his mind, but only because he is someone that I do believe yeah. is so mentally tough um, and wants to win and cares and cares about hitting shots and doing things for his team um, because he is so reliable. But to DA's point, we do kind of boil down this stuff to <laughs> numbers. I mean, I know it's a make or miss league, numbers. but missing is literally part of the league yes. right it's yes. it's lit. so when the nets win the title this year like it what happened last year will be part of that yes. like that's sure. that's that's part like you know yeah. Only Michael Jordan never lost, right? Like that's just part well, of it. So for seven I do, years, I do, than anyone. Yeah, he did for seven years. That's right, absolutely. I, but I think that's what you're saying. I was too young. Yeah, right. I don't remember that. I only know about. Don't know anything about that. That I don't know nothing about the years. But that, that's the point, Da. Right? Like we, there might be a sentiment like uh, Joe Harris's strategy to make those shots. It's like no, people miss shots. People like this is part of it's part of their story. It's part of their journey. Yeah, and yeah. He's he's still great. Like he'll, he'll still he'll still do what he does. Yeah. We just we do overreact to stuff like that a lot. Well, now. it's part of what what was so great about watching Giannis finally get one. You know, and I'll say finally because it's not like he's been in the league for twenty years. But but you know, he had to lose publicly. You know, and not play well publicly in the postseason, and and manage to overcome that. And you know, play differently than we've ever seen him. And it's, it's it is. It was it was wonderful to see, and I, I hope everybody can have that kind of. I hate to say redemption because that's really a cliche, but you know, have a better showing on the biggest stage because everybody wants to do well on the biggest stage, right? Speaking of the biggest stage, Sarah, when are you going to be a coach? When is that happening? When's that? When are we going to have that announcement? Not yet, TA. Not Come yet. Come on, you trying to get me <laughs> on <laughs> TV? <laughs> no, I want you to be behind a bench. You'll be bench. really on TV you, then. Yeah, yeah you'll be really on TV. I am tired of fixing my hair and putting on makeup. So if, <laughs> if anything would help, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I am. I'll, I'll tell you this much. I am so psyched and so proud. I just love. I love seeing um, in so many different areas. But our, your girl Christy uh, yeah. with Dallas, but just just all all across the board so i don't know i that itch is there the itch is yeah. there but i'm you, you know i and i and eagle would be too mad at me at this point nah. he may not let me he may he'll not let the, me yet. yeah he'll give you the stare you don't want the eye and eagle stare just just <laughs> just, just give i some access just give him some access he'll be fine he's like hey come on i got you I'll yeah you can place. have him yeah he can come cover your first training camp wherever it is so that would be awesome oh. looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we got to do we got to do dumb questions, and then we're going to get you out of here. We do we try to do this every week. We ask people to ask not dumb questions, and we'll try to answer them about the league and about teams and stuff. Um, one team that was in the news last week for different reasons: the Timberwolves. And we got large, small on Twitter asking if the Timberwolves stay healthy, can they finally make the playoffs again? And was it fifteen years since they've been in playoffs? I think. No, are you being serious? It has. It's only been like 10, right? 11? Uh, no, I think it's been – well, hold on. I'm going to look it up while you two talk, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, <laughs> I think it was 15. It's it certainly – well, wait. It's them in Sacramento, the longest ones in, in – No, nah, Timberwolves just went with Jimmy Butler. Oh, that's right. That's, I'm sorry, Timberwolves yeah. fans. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. They just – they did. They did. Oh, that's well, what, I was my getting mistake. 10, so – My oh. mistake. You're right. They, they Jimmy did get Bucket, a taste. Jimmy Buckets is coming for you. Yes, the yes. Tibbs may right. be coming for you too. You're so lucky. if they're healthy, can they make the can they make the playoffs in the West? I'm going to say probably not. I just think the West is so difficult. It's just so hard, and they could play. They could have a really good season, and it's just it's just really hard. And they didn't have a first round pick, and I know they got Patrick Beverly, and that that'll help them some along the margins. And um, but I just think the West is so tough. I don't know. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, no. let's see the la- the last four seeds. Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs. <laughs> so, what's your point? <laughs> yeah, who, 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 are, who are they taking down? I'm not sure. I'm but like, that, like, that's always the thing when you go through this and you talk to people of playoff teams, and especially yeah. when it comes to the West, it's, oh, yeah, I, th- I think this is the year they can make a run, they can make the playoffs. And then right. all of a sudden you start counting teams, and you're like, wait a second, I'm at, I'm at 12 There's teams. Not, yeah. <laughs> right. The play in, though, but how do you think, I mean, do, do you think the play in? Do you think the play-in affects this, factors into this? Could they get one they of get those? Can get to 10? 10. And so you never know. You make possible. a little run. Spurs, Pelicans, Kings, Timberwolves. I mean, it's possible. Vied for the 10th spot. It's possible. I yeah, can see it. it's possible. Can see it. Speaking of the Kings, our, our other question is from Mr. V and AZ. Will the Kings continue to break hearts like the Detroit Lions of the NBA or when during this season should fa- Kings fans give up? <laughs> See, that's so that's so cynical. Um, why, I, they know, gotta, why do they got to group in the, the Lions? Why are you going to bring the, the Lions? Lions do lose the Janky, the Janky. Lions way. just <laughs> catching a stray for no reason. You know uh, they do no, lose there's the, no fear. There's no 
field goals. There's no field goals in uh in basketball. So <laughs> right, that's true. It's some buzzer beaters. That's true. I actually like. I think the Kings. I have said this publicly, so I'll say it again. I think the Kings should go get Ben Simmons. To me, that's the team that should go get Ben Simmons. Um, they've got plenty of young players. They've got a guy in Buddy Hield who could help Philly right away. Um, and you know he could come in. You, you can't be further, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, you can't be further away from Philly in terms of temperament and expectations in Sacramento. There are no expectations in Sacramento, you know what I mean? So he could just play and be himself and, and be a really good player for a team that needs more really good players and help them raise their level a little bit. I, I think they should, that's the team I think should go after Ben Simmons because they, the, they have the assets to go get him, I think, to me. I could be wrong. That's 16 years, by the way, for the Sacramento years. Kings wow. since the last wow. playoffs. Sarah was seven the last time. that the- 2006 was the last 16? time. Yeah. Sarah, pop quiz for the future coach. Who was the coach of the Kings oh. the last time they I made the playoffs? I don't know that at all. It wasn't. Wait. You're both of you will be mad when you don't get this. You'll be I, like, I don't need that. 16, 16 years ago. Yeah. Boy. Wasn't Saint, wasn't Saint was it? Wow, he was back to Saint. Was it that? See, I'm, Saint was the nineties. Saint was in the nineties. Okay. All right, all right, you ready? Okay. Rick Adelman. Was no. it Rick? Was I it told you you were gonna be no. mad. I told you you were gonna be oh. mad. I have no recollection Man. of being that long. <laughs> I know, but we should have at least thought of that. That should have at least been a, a get. Oh man. All right, all right. Well, you know, Rick Adelman, what a legend. I know. Legend. Oh. Yeah. I know. I know. Sure. Rick's a good goat. I'm glad he got in the hall. That was good to see this year. I was happy for him. Very happy for him. And I'm very happy that you joined us, Sarah. I'm very happy you could spend some time with I, us. Thank today. you for having me back on. I appreciate that of Marcus course. is a race car driver yeah. and was able to, to I know. go, go gadget his Mar- way. Over Marcus bridge. Andretti, we're going to call him for, from now on. <laughs> And for, for the sake of the lawyer who's going to contact me, I had nothing to do with whatever happened was behind me on the bridge. I was not involved. It's not me. What me? Hey, Sarah, 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 what's your email for the what's your email, Sarah, for the lawyer? I'll send it to you on the side. Why are all these people emailing me now? She is on the Yes Network with our guy Iron Eagle. They are fantastic together. Watch them, listen, learn. Sarah, thank you again. Safe travels this year. I hope to see you on the trail somewhere as we enjoy go. Enjoy the finals. Yes, enjoy the enjoy finals. The title. <laughs> enjoy the championship, Sarah. Finals Don't against- jinx it, Marcus. Don't jinx it. You guys are the best. <laughs> Come thing. on. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? <laughs> Don't jinx it already. I'm going to break my leg. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Listen to us like everybody else does on Google Play, on Spotify, on iTunes. All the places you can hear this fine American podcast. Leave that five-star review wherever you hear it. And Marcus, remind the folks, as always, if it's less than five stars, what they need to do? They need to follow Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins. And keep that private to yourself. (laughs) It's not even a business. Nobody nobody else's business. (laughs) If it ain't five stars, keep it private. Later. (laughs) I'm sorry, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> <laughs>